Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Good morning, end of the year, come on. I know I'm dressed black. Some people have asked me what is going on here. I don't know. Really, it just was what was clean this morning. And so I'm not sad. It's been a great year, but I really am excited about what God is doing. Um, great to hear the testimony of Wayne and your transformation this year. Well done, buddy. Really excited for that. Trusting for more today. Miracles. Said we'll see miracles, buddy. And um, Wally, I did go. My neighbor, I got a new neighbor that arrived this week on Tuesday. So I've got Wally's strategy. I'm thinking through the lines. I've got it all. I'm going, I go, start talking. The dude's been in leadership of a church for 20 years. <laughs> so it was an easy sell. It was wonderful, um, but real, real amazing, really inspiring, and I trust we take this and allow God to shake us in this thing. It's, it's a, a Christianity without an extended arm, an extended heart. i honestly not sure that it's Christianity. Christianity by its nature is revealing God, who is an extending God. He extends himself to us in Jesus. Jesus comes and he keeps extending himself to the broken, to the lost, to those who, who no one reaches out to. That's what Jesus does, and he calls us to do the same. So I love this. I find it hugely inspiring. It's, it's not my natural way, and so I have to learn and find myself learning every week as Wally shares. But it's exciting. We are having a slightly shorter service today, such for the shorter worship and some of those things. So if you're a visitor, it is wonderful to have you with us, and I trust you enjoy our city if you're visiting Cape Town. Last week, we continued our series, and this week we continued a series called Are You Crazy? Has anyone been asked, Are You Crazy, lately? Someone... Oh, no, no, uh, you're allowed to. There we are. I see one hand. I got one hand. I, but, it's, but it's a question, I think, that gets asked of men and women who are going to live by faith. They're going to make decisions not by shouting and screaming it at the world, but decisions where people will be confronted by the truth of those decisions, and they'll be forced to ask this question, are you a little bit crazy? Are you a little bit touched? Like Noah. Everyone's got an idea of Noah, and I was on Noah last week. I'm still on Noah. And last week I spoke about Noah, the man who was celebrated as a man of faithfulness before he was celebrated as a man of faith. And this week, what I'd love to look at as we continue the series is, is Noah who built an ark, but he didn't build an ark, he built a house of salvation It just happened to float. So by faith, Noah built a house of salvation. And even today, as we celebrate Family Day, we look back at a great year. We had a chance with the leaders on Wednesday night to look back at some of the photos from baptisms and moments that we've had along the year with the rise and many other moments. We were just like, wow, God, you're being amazing. But there's a faith story involved in building a house of salvation. Can I say, as a church, we want to be a house of salvation? It, it's, it's, it's a house that seeks men and women who were crying out and seeking out for the King of Kings, kings that we would be known as a house where they could come and they would find the King of Kings. And they will find people who know the King of Kings, can take them by the hand to him ongoingly. But just as we looked, I want to remind us of the scripture from last week, Genesis 6 verse 5. It says, the Lord saw, he saw the wickedness, he saw the brokenness. And then this terrible line, it says, the Lord regretted. He regretted what he had made. He regretted what he had put in place. He regretted what he had released into the earth. And then it carries on and it says that he, he, the Lord says, I will wipe from the face of the earth this mankind, this thing in which hadn't worked out. It's like I'd found out. 
But Jesus and the Lord never stops there. He provides a way of salvation through Noah and his family. It says, but the Lord found favor on Noah. It's an incredible, incredible line. Had the privilege of marrying a couple and, and facilitating their wedding on top of Signal Hill. On Friday night, it was the most beautiful evening. Just them and their family and, and friends. But the amazing uniqueness of this story, it's a man who's been ripped out of addiction and a woman who recently has converted from the Muslim faith to receive and worship Jesus as she was encountered by the love of Jesus in a dream. God called her, gave her a vision of this wedding day and that place. And it was a very, very special moment. And God keeps building and keeps pouring out His grace upon people. See, found grace means this. Noah didn't deserve it. We sang about a song about grace and grace, you've shown me grace. So I don't deserve the grace He shows me before I think I'm walking a righteous life. I'm only made righteous by His grace. I'm only made righteous by His love that He poured out. I'm only made righteous by His blood that washes me. And that is all done after I receive it already. Noah found grace means he didn't deserve it, but still God recognized and saw something in a man and his family that he recognized, said, actually, we can build from here. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, what, what should, we can build from here. We can build. And God begins a building story. But I'd love to read Hebrews 11, verse 7. It's slide number 4 from the message. It says this, By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. I just want to stop there. By faith, Noah did something. You know that? I don't think faith is faith unless something follows faith. It's easy to get excited. I'm excited to tell work colleagues about Christmas, coming to Christmas service. Everyone's just had the Christmas party, and most are walking around in shame after the Christmas party. My one friend phoned me. He said they had the Christmas party, and he, got a, he left at about half past four, quarter to five. He got a phone call at eight, as a whole bunch of his employees had decided to stick it to each other and work out their differences. <laughs> At a work college function, you know what happens if you've worked in any large corporation. Christmas parties aren't the place on the Monday everyone walks in like that. They walk in a little bit cheapish. That's your moment. That's your moment. And in faith, to share this love and this grace that you've received, to do something to, with it, it's easy to get excited. But by faith, Noah built a boat. He built a ship in the middle of dry land. In the middle of dry land. Who builds a, a ship in the middle of dry land? Who does that unless something has gripped them? He, has warned, he was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result? His family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. Some faith some action, a family saved, an intimacy with God, and a salvation story pointing to Jesus for mankind, and a promise from a glorious Father saying, never again, never again, I'll make a way through a Savior named Jesus. But I want to say this today, as we have family day, and, and church is a family, and I know it's easy to slip in and slip out, but one of the greatest narratives and descriptions of local church and church doing life together is a family. And I know in many ways it's tough as we grow, as new people are added, and, and, and that happens. I saw it in my own family. You've got three kids. You've got one kid. Then the second guy arrives, and now you've got to split that. 
And then the third guy arrives, and he's unbelievably cute. Why is it that the pastor's kid is the one that won't stay on stage during the song? Every time. Each of them. He stand, my little guy stands here while they sing. He walks down to the bottom, starts bopping like this. Gets back on stage, just stands and looks. But it's, their space has got to grow in the family. Space has got to grow in the brothers' hearts to share their Lego. If you've got three boys, you know what I mean. Space has got to grow, and space has got to grow in our hearts because God wants to add to this family. But the local church requires faith to be built as a house of salvation in the same way that it required faith for Noah to build an ark that would see salvation. It requires faith to do this. We get up any day of the week and we're going to build the local church, but there's not faith and action responding to that faith. Let me tell you this. A group of 70 people rallied and built a building that we get to sit in and worship God. So we don't have to sit under a tree like many churches do because faith turned into action, turned into response, and a belief that even in the midst of dry land, we're going to build. When they built, there were hardly any houses here, Willie. Hardly any houses here. Like, why are you building on the outskirts of town? Faith. Why would you call? And, and we're comfortable in, in, in Virgin Active or the gym, health and record they used to meet, and in, in the, the library. We're comfortable here. We're happy here. It's small. It feels nice. Why go build a couple hundred seater? Because in faith, we can see those who need to sit here. Because in faith, we can see the broken come to a house of salvation. But faith had to turn into action. You know, Noah, and we mentioned last week, he would have been asked many times, are you crazy? Who builds a ship when there's hardly been any rain in the middle of dry land? No one does that, dude. I want to say the same will be said to you and asked of you. As you say, actually, I'm part of a building project. I'm spitting a lot this morning. Please, can you pass me the water? Just check it. Thanks. Um, they... They're going to ask, why would you give up your time to worship with a family called the church? Isn't that some old school stuff? That's like what my parents, grandparents did before DSTV came in and you could watch the reruns of sports or watch the protests get a hiding on a Sunday morning. They'd, the church has already failed on so many levels. Are you crazy to invest? Are you crazy to sow time and money and energy and, and, and resources and put your name attached to something called the church? Isn't it some kind of fairy tale? Aren't you crazy? It's the same challenges of Noah would have faced. But Noah built an ark and his family was saved and provided a future for the human race. When we build the church and we build together and we invest and we put our time and energy and we, we gather and we, we roar out the name of Jesus because he's the king of kings, we are building a house where the world can respond and the city around us can respond to Jesus find the salvation in Jesus. The church is not the ark. Jesus is the ark. It's only in Christ that they are saved. But we create an environment. We create the soil for which they can flourish. We get to build and be a part of that building story called the church. And it's beautiful. And it's a privilege. All because of this, Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So our salvation doesn't spur from some moment we of weakness, we responded to Jesus. It was from the foundation of the world. Before it all began, before the brokenness came in, before any of that, Jesus was the lamb. I think that's unbelievably beautiful. But I want to focus on even just the design of the ark today. And the faith in this thing, it says, 
in Genesis 6, verse 14 and 15, and this is how you shall make it. I, I, I sit with my boys and I tell them the Lego comes open and I've, Judah, when he first started building Lego, he's like, I got this, Dad. I got this. No, no. And something that should look like Batman or whatever comes out looking a bit more like Toby or, or you don't know Toby if you don't have kids, but um, something that doesn't look like Batman. But then the other day he got given something really intricate. It was, it was his birthday party on Friday and a friend gave him Lego and he took the instructions and went page by page and built this intricate design of Lego and I was amazed. I said, well, how did you do it? Boy, no, I followed the instructions. And God comes to Noah and he gives him instructions. In the same way, he gives us instructions for his church, how to build his church. This isn't man's design, by the way. Worship and come together and, and doing community and doing life together and putting on baggies and go sliding down a slide is not our design. Well, maybe that one is not in the Bible, but we're allowed to add a little bit. But doing life together and doing community is not our design. It's God's design. And we look at the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, the three in one, perichoresis, the dance of, of the Trinity. And he says, will you do the same on earth? And when people see you do life together and they see your love, they see your gentleness, they see your kindness, they see your graciousness, they see an ability to get over differences. When they see that, they'll see me. That's the point of church. That's why we gather. That's why we do life together. And 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. We get to co-work with God in this great story called the kingdom of God. And he says at the apex of the kingdom story, I'm going to put the church. And I'm going to call her spotless and without blemish and without wrinkle. And you know what? We are full of spots. We are full of, full of blemishes and we are full of wrinkles. But because Jesus is at the front, because Jesus is the bridegroom coming back, because he's the king of kings, he places his grace over it all. And we get to be a part of that great story. See, it says a few things about Noah. It says he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Then it says he was righteous and blameless, and he is described as a man who walked with God. Can't sidestep that one. Can't, I want all of the privileges. I want all of the benefits. I'm just not going to do what God asks says his three sons, he's fruitful. Noah did everything the Lord commanded, and then he built an altar to the Lord. On Wednesday night, as we looked at these pictures of baptisms and moments in God's presence, as he did stuff during this year, it's like building an altar to the Lord that we can look back to and say, look how good he has been. Look how faithful he is. We've got to keep building altars. I don't know whether you've had a good year or a bad year or a tough year or you lost the person you love or you've had challenges, I would ask you, build altars to the living God that are honest and true, that when the times come as we journey forward, we can look back and say, remember when God did that. Photos on the walls of homes to me are not some nostalgic have to do. They are altars to the living God, reminding us of what God has done. Pictures of babies and saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you have done and what only you can do. Thank you, God. But the line that grips me about this guy, Noah, and why I love him, and I think he was a simple man. don't think he was a complicated man. It says, Noah did everything that the Lord commanded. Genesis 6, 22. He did everything the Lord commanded. Everything. 
It's a big word, that everything. I, I, I'm a father. I'm on a journey as a father, and I get to ask my kids to do stuff sometimes. Like, don't spill your drink when you go to Gabe's house. And then my two-year-old last night decided not just to spill it, standing looking at me goes, all over, Gabe and Fiona. Let me tell you, if you've, if you've got kids, you probably haven't been invited to their home. Just saying, because there's a bit of an aversion to anything just that might mess up the love shack. And I'm just saying, just saying, just saying, just putting it out there. It's only taken two years, but it was great to be there. And I felt like God was doing something when my boy did that, so it's all really good. But Noah knew his voice. He trusted his voice and he obeyed. He did everything the Lord commanded. You've got to do something. Please, please don't listen to the preaching. Please, please don't read the word. Please don't take it all in and go, mm, that was nice. I feel so good about being Christian. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. You don't get fruit unless you put something into the soil, rip up the soil, put life into that soil, and plant a seed. You just don't get fruit. You can buy the field. You can look at it. You can pray over it for years. You can declare stuff over it. Shabaruni, shabaruni, trees. But I don't see that in the Word of God. What I see in the Word of God is God putting courage inside of men and women's lives and saying, do something. Put something in the soil. Sow the gospel. Sow your life. Sow everything. And watch the fruit come up. Noah did that. That's all he did. We've got to do something. I, I've got faith for my kids. I've got faith for my kids. And yet, everything I do out of fear for my kids. What about this? What about this? I've got to put all these things in place. No, I trust the king of kings with my kids. He's got them. He's got them. I, I trust God. I, I trust him with, with, with everything. I trust him with my future. Really? Why are you so anxious? Allow the Prince of Peace to ride in and take traction in your life and deal with anxiety so that the future doesn't look so scary. The future looks like Jesus' eyes. I trust Him with my finances. Well, are you faithful with Him? Are you faithful? Like, will you be known as a man of faithfulness before you're a man of faith in the era of finances? I'm going to be the guy that's going to give money to the nations. Don't start there. It never starts there. And unless you start in faithfulness, it doesn't happen. I, I, I've got faith for healing, and I've read all the scriptures, and I can quote all the scriptures. There's no power in quoting the scriptures without a revelation that God is a healer. And when my kids get vivas and they get sick, I lay my hands on their heads, and I pray for them. Oh, I must call the elders. Yes, the Bible does speak about that, but you know what else it says? It says you can lay hands on your own kids and see healing come. A people of faith, a household built by faith where men and women will run to because salvation is in their midst in Jesus. I'm pumped by this. And a couple of things about Noah, and then we're done. It says he, God did, he did everything God commanded. God is a master architect. He's a master architect for this church, for that church, for your marriage, for your business. He's a master architect. So God gives Noah a few directions. He says, use gopher wood. Now, the commentators don't know what gopher wood is. You get everything from laminated wood to, to everything. So most settle on cypress wood. But we don't know. What they best describe it as is a strong wood would have been a valuable wood. 
to build with. That's what most of the Bible commentators say. I want to say the church has some specifics in our building. Known by our love, compassionate, live for others, a city without walls, not self-focused or self-obsessed, but living to see the world changed, generous. See, Noah has word from God. It doesn't say God deposited three million rand into his bank account. Noah went and withdrew the money and bought. As best as we know, God said, build, use, go forward, personal cost, personal sacrifice. But what about my timeshare, Lord? Mm, waves are coming. You can go to your timeshare. There's a big storm coming. You can go to your timeshare. Personal cost, personal sacrifice. Building the local church is going to have that in there. If this is your story and this is your family, I promise you, it's part of it. Why would we take time out to pray for the city? It doesn't bless us. Really? We're a part of the city. Go forward. It's going to cost us something. Next year, we're going to Milnerton. There's a cost. We're releasing people with energy and life to go there. Oh, but what about us? Who's going to make those funny jokes like Gabe? Yeah, real things. Real things. I love having them here. There's a personal cost. We've got to sow. And I personally, and we're going to call the community to sow into a dream, into a dream of people getting saved, into a house of salvation. Not a pleasure land for Christians. It's going to cost us something. And then he says, build it with three stories high. Oh, God, but honestly, if you build higher, you have to... No, build it with three stories high. And all I believe from this is God is calling the church to build so people can enter at every level. Where they are at the most broken place of their life and they don't feel like they can lift themselves off the ground, they can still get in. Where they're flying high and they're full of arrogance and pride and life is running towards them, they can get in because there's a door for them. There's a door in, but it's a door, it's one door, it's Jesus. But are our hearts open enough? Is the heart of the church open enough to allow the people to come in? And I want to tell you what I am committed to. A multicultural, multi-generational, multi-economic, and multi-stylistic church that we can worship together and in our differences we find Jesus. And as the church gathers, 1 John 2, I write to you young men, because you are full, you are fired up. I write to you older men that you've walked with the Lord, you have found victories. I write to you children. Why write to three generations? Because surely the church is called to be a multi-generational church. And is it hard? Yes, it's hard to build. And the only way to build it is through relationships that bridge those gaps. That's why I don't want an over-60s home group and an under-20s home group and a, 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 a suburban home group. And a, I want rich people to sit with poor people because I know I've dealt with my own prejudice as I've sat with a man who brought me a full day's wage as my birthday present. I'm going, you worked a whole day for this. Why would you give it to me? Because I'm telling you, sometimes the rich have got far more to learn from the poor than the other way around. And I'm committed to the church that looks something like that. Build, with a, build an ark, build a house with three stories. Will you build your spiritual life, your own home with three stories. And then he says, have many rooms. And our theme for Christmas is there's always more room. But room for who? For those who aren't here yet. 
They're not here yet. They need you to take a card. And even in, even in, in your own men, in your own way, say, you know what? You would love this. Come and join my family as we worship for the greatest gift that was ever given. That's the invitation. Simple. And then he says, 450 feet long, Noah, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high, half the size of the, the Titanic. These specifics given, I'm going, Lord, why? I mean, surely if I made the nose of it, we could go a bit faster. And, and, and all these movies that have come out, I don't know why, but I know we're given the word of God, and it's clear on the way we do stuff sometimes. And we can choose to build our own way, or we can choose to build his way. And I want to build his way. Because there is a storm coming. There is a judgment coming when Jesus will come back, come back again. And too often as the church, we forget that. We are called to build a house that looks like an ark floating on a sea, known as a house of salvation. And two more things. It says, little windows at the top to let the light in. Why not windows on the side, Lord, so we can see the land? Why not windows so we can see the water and we can watch the whales frolicking? No, no, no. Windows so you can see me. So as you look up, you would see the King of Kings. And you keep looking up, you'll keep seeing the King of Kings. And you'll keep knowing that I am faithful. Whether you see storm clouds or whatever you see, look up and see me. And lastly, one door on the lower, the middle, and the upper deck. One door on each of those decks because there's only one way. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. John 10 verse 9. John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Come, all who are weary. And the, and the Lord even says to Noah in chapter 7, Come, Noah, come inside. Noah built it. The Lord invites him in. Are our hearts open? Are we broken with the idea that there is a judgment coming, whether in my lifetime or, or in years to come? where Jesus will return and there will be a judgment? Do we live with the reality that there will be people who won't be on that ark? Imagine Noah and his family hearing the cries, the shouts from inside the ark of those who wouldn't in humility respond to God. Imagine living with that. So day after day, waking up, I'm still on the ark. All those people die. I don't know. I read the Bible literally, and I see God, and I want to tell you, this is the promise God gives. I will establish, slide number seven, my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives, and of every, every living thing, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. And I want to tell you this, when the church runs to the ark, when the church stays in Jesus, those that is around us and the creation of God around us are blessed. Because of Noah's faithfulness, because of his family's humility and response to God, animals two by two of every kind came in and they were blessed. The world around us will be blessed when we work hard to build a house of salvation. That house can float on the storms. doesn't matter the circumstances. Are you convinced are you praying for Milneton that God would release? We honestly, honestly, let me just say, we're not looking to try to do a better show so that people move from other churches to us. I promise you. 
promise you that's not the heart. The heart is that people who are broken and lost and confused, without future, without a hope, that they would find the King of Kings and come alive. And they come alive. And when you see the light come in people's eyes and the light of God burning out of them, you go, that's it. That's why we built the church. That's why we sacrificed. That's why we poured in time. That's why we prayed. That's why we brought our kids to church when it's inconvenient at inconvenient times. Because he's alive. Yeah. It takes faith, actioned faith, to build a house of salvation. And some will ask, are you crazy? Put a video up of my boy getting baptized the other day, and you get the message on Facebook indoctrination. I don't care. I don't care. You can call me crazy. You can call me whatever. I want my boy to know that, that actually his future is not in me. It's not in the inheritance I can leave him. It's not in the opportunities I can make available to him. And I will do everything I can to do that. But his father in heaven loves him. And he sent his son to die for him. And he needs to live with that reality. And my job is to keep showing him the life and the word of God that he keeps responding to that life. Our job in this city is to keep building a house of salvation, to keep sacrificing, keep putting tent pegs wider and wider, to keep building the extra stories in our hearts and in reality that he's called us to, so that we live an adventure where people go at the end of their days, you know what, I asked them if they were crazy, and now I know they're not, they're just in love with the King of Kings. I wanna live that life I want to get to the end of my days, tired from my labor for the King of Kings, but energized by His love inside of me. And the knowledge that I did it all, not because I was some servant working for some sort of appraisal, just because I'm a son who loves his father and wants to do everything he commands. Can we stand together? Just, um, I trust the series is doing something, it's stirring something. It's, I, I trust comfort is being challenged. I trust even in these holidays, find yourself in the scriptures and allow the word of God to begin to stir a faith venture in you. Maybe you've been for a Christian for 30 years and you've never had a faith venture. I'm telling you, you called to one. Noah wasn't special. He was just faithful. He wasn't special. He wasn't clever. He didn't have degrees. He didn't have a whole bunch of stuff behind him. He just had a willingness to believe God. And I think he wants to do something with us, just an ordinary people in a suburb of Cape Town. Could he do something? Could we be asked the question, are you a little bit touched? Well, now that you ask. Can we pray? Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, just like Noah, your grace is poured out. I thank you for those that are here this morning where your grace has touched them, brought transformation and life. I pray for those that haven't received your love and your salvation, and I ask, let your grace invade them today. But God, I pray into the DNA of this house, life changes. I pray into the roots, I pray into the foundations of this house. I pray to the, those who are here from the building block days, I pray courage and life for a story to count, to see a city transformed. And might we even pray, like your word says, to see the nations blessed. Yeah. 
Start with us, God. Start with this heart that becomes so closed so quickly. And let the revelation of the grace of God come upon my heart and say, there's always more room. One more person to love? Yes, one more person to love. One more seat needed? Ten more seats needed? Yes, we need. One more moment of of seeking and fighting for that person? Yes. And by faith, my children, you will see the promises fulfilled and you will walk into the inheritance that I have for you. So we thank you for your word today, God, and I pray let courage arise. Let faith arise, God. Maybe it's just a simple conversation. Let faith arise, God.